This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is a broad-spectrum probiotic and prebiotic formulated with 24 scientifically validated strains for whole body benefits, engineered for maximum delivery to your colon, helping to support a healthy heart, maintain optimum cholesterol balance and lipid metabolism, as well as reinforce an optimal gut-skin access to promote clear skin. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Learn more at bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So we've seen this year actually the jet stream is in a state where it's allowing flow from north africa to get up to europe and that's bringing the heat associated with the heat wave there towards um, our continent which is one of the contributing factors for the uh, heat wave in the uk you're listening to the science focus podcast from the bbc focus magazine team We're the UK's best-selling science and technology monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store. Hello and welcome to the Science Focus podcast. I'm Alice Lipscomb-Southwell, the production editor of BBC Focus magazine. This summer has been one of the hottest on record, with temperatures reaching 35.1 degrees centigrade in Surrey, The scientific consensus is that extreme weather such as this is being driven by changes in the climate due to human activity. But how exactly is this happening? Can we expect more of the same? And is there anything we can do about it? Our commissioning editor, Jason Goodyear, talked to Dr Dan Mitchell, a climate change researcher based at the University of Bristol, to find out more. But before we start, we'd like to apologise for the poor quality of audio in this podcast at certain points. So I don't think I'm alone in saying this, but this summer definitely seems to be one of the hottest that I can remember. I mean, is that really the case? Well, the summers uh, just for the UK have been persistently hot. Um, They're certainly not the hottest on record. But um, in terms of number of days of moderate to high heat in a row, then they have been really, really quite high. Um, 
for Northern Ireland and for parts of Scotland, then there's certainly been some records broken. Um, in County Tyrone, for instance, there were um, some records broken. So we, we're nearly there, but we're not quite at the record um, for maximum daily heat in a certain day. So one of the major contributing factors to this seems to be something known as the jet stream. So um, often when talking about weather and the climate, we mention the jet stream. But what exactly is it? So the jet stream is a consequence of our planet spinning and being a sphere. So every, well, a lot of planets have jet streams um, and you can see them very clearly, for instance, on Jupiter. Um, but the jet stream is just a region of very high winds um, on on our planet they're located at the tropopause so that's around 10 kilometers in height and they're located at the region of of um, maximum temperature gradient which is mid latitudes so about um, 30 to 60 degrees in the northern hemisphere and in the southern hemisphere so we, we have different jets but the the interesting thing about the jets is they can carry heat from one place to another place. They can block weather systems from going anywhere. Um, and they generally do a lot of things for um, connecting extreme events. So the jet streams um, in our hemisphere have um, been moving around quite a bit. So they've been looking a bit like waves. Um, and those waves can travel all the way up to the the North Pole, and then really far down to sort of uh, near the equator as well, not quite the equator. That means they can bring cold air from the pole up uh, down towards the equator or warm air from the equator up towards the uh, mid-latitudes. And so we've seen this, this year, actually, the jet stream is in a state where it's allowing flow from North Africa to get up to Europe and that's bringing the heat associated with the heat wave there towards um, our continent, which is one of the contributing factors for the um, heat wave in the UK. So not only has it been um, unusually hot this year, it's also been, it seems to me anyway, to have been unusually dry. So seeing the satellite pictures of the UK, um, it looks very brown and the, the land looks very parched. Do the two things go hand in hand, the hot temperatures and the dry weather? Uh, they don't always. Um, this this uh, season, they certainly have. And that's because, again, of the jet stream. So I said the jet stream is like a wave. That wave can also break, much like waves break on a beach, for instance. And when it breaks, it causes a region of high pressure, which blocks weather systems coming through. And that's exactly what we've seen here. We've seen a region of high pressure blocking storms and wind and uh, rain coming from the Atlantic. So in that case, it not only heats up the surrounding area, but it does also stop uh, rain coming in. Um, so we do get these drier regions. Um, in some sense, that can be a good thing um, because if we had high relative humidity, for instance, where there's a lot of moisture in the atmosphere, actually the heat can feel a lot more intense because um, uh, our bodies naturally to dissipate heat, we sweat. 
Um, and if there's a lot of humidity in the air, we can't sweat. So actually you feel a lot hotter. So although the dryness has contributed to the heat wave, there are some benefits of it not being so moist as well. So I said it's been very dry, but we have had the odd heavy thunderstorm. Um, and I've heard talk of something called a Spanish plume. Sounds very exotic. I mean, is, is, what, first of all, what is this? And is this causing the heavy, heavy rain bursts? Well, so a Spanish plume is very similar to what I was talking about before. So it's um, when the flow of wind is from the equator upwards, then uh, the wind goes over Spain and it brings a lot of the heat associated with Spain um, into the UK. So that's what, what's meant by the Spanish plume. And um, actually, we've seen that Spanish plume almost extend down to Africa. So, you know, you, in some sense, you could call it an African plume instead of a Spanish plume. Um, and this is one of the main uh, mechanisms by which we get a heated summer in um, Europe. So it's more to do with the um, heat but of course, it's bringing uh, some drier air with it, so it does make it less uh, moist as well. But it's not actually stopping the rain. That's a different mechanism. So um, we've seen a lot of extreme heat waves in the Middle East, the US, Greece, etc. this year. But it's not the case for all countries, isn't it? Um, so I've heard Iceland, for example, is having a particularly wet summer this year. Yeah, so Iceland, um, I talked a little bit about how the jet stream is very wavy and depending on what side of the wave you are on, uh, if you're on the equatorward side, then you can get a lot of heat. If you're on the polewood side, you might get a lot of um, rain and uh, a lot of um, uh, cold air as well. So this, this blocking that we've had over the UK, that blocks the weather systems from getting to us but it stools them over Iceland because that's where they're coming from. So you'll often see that when we get good weather in the UK, Iceland gets bad weather and vice versa. The systems are really strongly linked. So another um, weather pattern that's often talked about is the El Nino. It's often um, involved or plays a role in these extreme weather events. But um, I believe that's not the case this year. Yeah, exactly. So... El Nino is a um, pattern of uh, ocean temperatures in the central Pacific, which can reach all over the globe. So in 2016, we had a strong El Nino, and that uh, caused that year to be the warmest year on record. Um, last year, I believe we had a La Nina, um, and we still had very high temperatures. Um, and the La Nina counteracts high temperatures, so that was sort of a clear sign that uh, human-induced warming has played a role in last year because even with this large um, negative El Nino event, we, uh, we still saw warm temperatures. This year, El Nino is very much in a neutral phase at the moment. It's set to go into a moderate positive phase um, uh, in a couple of months. But uh, yes, that means that El Nino played no role in the current heat wave which makes it even more extraordinary as to why we got um, so many heat waves and so prolonged heat waves as well. So climate change, um, again, you know, 95, probably more uh, percent of scientists um, have, uh, think it's extremely likely that climate change has played a significant role 
in our recent climate. Um, those other 5% of scientists really sort of argue about the degree to which climate change plays a role rather than whether it does or not. Um, so we're very sure that climate change has played a role within these events. In fact, um, a team has done an attribution study on the uh, on this UK heatwave recently, and they showed that it was made two times more likely due to human-induced climate change. And that's simply because of the fact that the entire land has been warming by about 1.6 degrees since pre-industrial times. So any heat wave we have, it's going to be 1.6 degrees hotter than it would have been without human-induced climate change, at least. Um, and then there are local factors which um, sort of might moderate that temperature increase. So you could imagine, you know, where we were having temperatures of, say, 28 degrees in the UK before, those temperatures are getting closer to 30 degrees. And um, when you're during a heat wave, every, de every degree really counts. So, uh, yeah, so we're sort of uh, very sure that climate change has played a part in that. There also seems to be, over the last few years, uh, an increase in other extreme weather events, such as hurricanes, uh, tsunamis, etc. I mean, is, is this linked in with, with this situation? Uh, well, I would say actually there hasn't been an increase in hurricanes. Uh, hurricanes are a really complex one. The general consensus is that globally the number of hurricanes will decrease with climate change, but those that are category four or five, the strongest hurricanes, will 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 increase. So. So we'll get more strong hurricanes, but fewer overall. So that's why it seems to a person like me, they're more in the news, but it's just because there are more of the, of the stronger ones. It, it's an interesting one, because if you go to um, Jamaica or the Caribbean, for instance, they're obviously very interested in the strong hurricanes, but actually being continuously hit by category three hurricanes um, it's still a very bad thing for them. So they're interested in the whole spectrum. Just in the UK, it's really the devastating ones we see on the news. So sort of long term, um, what do you think is going to happen in the future? Is it inevitable that temperatures are going to continue rising? They're definitely going to increase um, in the future. I guess the Paris Agreement on Climate Change, which was a uh, sort of groundbreaking achievement that came about in December 2015, uh, should help us to reduce some of the increase we're expecting, um, depending on if we can get uh, countries like the US on board. Um, so we would definitely expect some increase in temperatures. I guess the really worrying one in terms of that is sea level rise, because there's a lot of momentum in sea level rise. So even if we stopped emitting greenhouse gases now, the sea level would still rise for a very long time because um, of the memory in it. So the sooner we stop emitting greenhouse gases, um, the sooner we can stop those sort of long-term climate change impacts. So for the people that are listening that perhaps want to you know, do something about turning this trend around, what would you say the, the most important couple of things that they can do to help with the climate change? Well, I think um, uh, writing to your MPs, um, really creating a political willpower to do this. You know, we're all 
there, there have been a number of studies out now showing that we can stabilize our greenhouse gas emissions if all of our governments start working together and start thinking about the long-term picture um, in terms of um, in terms of way beyond the usual timescales of uh, political office, so way beyond four or five years. And that's the problem. So I think the strongest thing we can do is really lobby our governments to take action. Of course, uh, saving energy in your house um, is always going to be a great thing. Um, more vegetarian diets are always going to be a great thing. Um, and the more everyone can do that, great. But um, it's, our, it's our politicians that we really need to get on board. Sure. Then just uh, by way of closing, then, what's the forecast looking like for the rest of the summer? For the UK, we, yeah, we're expected to have some um, more heat coming in. Um, it's quite hard to tell uh, forecasts beyond actually a week um, are not particularly accurate. Uh, we do have seasonal forecasts, which generally show that this summer will be warmer than usual. Um, so we'd expect it to be warmer, but it's quite hard to tell the details. That was Dr Dan Mitchell, a climate change researcher, talking about extreme weather and the summer heatwave. Thanks for listening to the Science Focus podcast. In this month's issue of BBC Focus magazine, we're hunting for life's cosmic origins on the back of ancient asteroids, celebrating NASA's 60th birthday, and asking why we haven't developed a male contraceptive pill yet. And there is, of course, much more inside. If you liked what you heard, then why not subscribe and leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, and many of your favourite podcast apps. Find out more at sciencefocus.com. Thank you for listening to the Science Focus podcast from the BBC Focus magazine team. We're the UK's best-selling science and technology monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store.